Herd, and welcome to another episode of the Herd Main Show. I am your Herd Leader, John Wayne. And I'm your Herd Mom, Megan. And we have finally reached the end of our Clone Wars discussion. Um, it wasn't long. I mean, three episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it was three arcs. Yeah. Um, but uh, nonetheless, it's a big finale. Um, yes. This was the part that got everybody excited about Clone Wars coming back when it was first announced to be coming back. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, appropriately enough, as it's going on, is dope. This is the, like this is what everybody's been waiting for, and yeah, it 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 pays off. Um, this mm-hmm. is peak Clone Wars, I would say. Yeah. This is the culmination of everything from acting, animation, choreography, story, mm-hmm. everything that's been everything you could like about Clone Wars is in this final arc, in these final episodes. And also just Star Wars in general. I think this oh, yeah. is peak Star Wars as well. Like yeah. We talked recently when we talked about the uh, Bad Batch, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the first two arcs of this season are very Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. They, they read like Clone Wars episodes, like something that would appear in earlier seasons. Right. But this, it feels like movie. Yes. It feels like Clone Wars the movie part two. Mm-hmm. And who boy. Yeah, well, and this is the most, I mean, you can look at the other episodes and praise it for its progress. Oh, and, yeah. But like you said, it's very traditional, whereas this is largely influenced by everything they've learned in the 10 years plus of uh, Clone Wars. Yeah. You know, and so when you go from the movie to this, when you go from first appearance to last appearance, the pro, I mean, the 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 leaps and bounds that have been made um, mm-hmm. are incredible. And oh yeah, 3D animation has come so far. Yeah, um, what they do with the characters and where the characters end up versus where they were introduced. Some of it predictable. Okay, Anakin turns into Darth Vader. Blah blah blah. But other things, far you know. Yeah. Even not even just absolute first appearance, but you know we get a lot more Jesse. Jesse was featured um in bad batch a couple of scenes but Mm -hmm. here he's more a part of the crew um because we needed someone else 501st to be present and in this like he first appeared in season two Mm -hmm. he is just the medic and now he's an art trooper and he's legit and so even that just seeing the progress that a character like he has made um yeah and the part he plays in interacting with Rex um, during Order 66, it goes to show then how much more Rex has progressed because whereas Jesse goes with the system, Rex does not yeah. with the help of Ahsoka. You know, I mean, obviously, if, if you're listening to this, if you get past the title and don't expect spoilers. There's going to be heavy spoilers. Good Lord. Um, what have you been it's doing? It's also been like a month and a half now. Yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> Um, so, but all all that to say, you know, like every character feeds into the next character in terms of, well, they've grown this far because of this. And then they've grown this far because of this. And it's just really crazy to see. Um, and it's really interesting because I think for a lot of people, this is the only thing that you can complete. Well, this isn't the only thing, but this is what a lot of fans have, grown up with yeah and this is the most complete thing you can grow up with oh yeah it's tied up in a nice bow and that's not normal for a lot of animated shows yeah well yes and also um 
I kind of mean it from the perspective of like when you grow up, like I grew up watching the original trilogy um, and there was a very brief, but still a time where that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was all I knew to be Star Wars. And it was, that was complete. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the prequels came out and that's awesome. The prequels don't really complete because they feed into the original trilogy. Exactly. And I didn't have to live with the ending of Star Wars with episode six for very long because of the prequels. And then after that clone wars, and then after that sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. like there's always something next coming um, at, in the big picture of Star Wars. But, you know, this is the end of Clone Wars. Yeah. Some characters will still have stories. Um, I mean, more, Michael Morisi is still putting out uh, Battle Tales. So there's comics out there that are Clone Wars. And there's stuff happening, sure. But for the show that a lot of people grew up with, and that was a renaissance of Star Wars for a lot of people, this is the ending of that. Yeah. And it's pretty significant. And I think that everybody that had a hand in it handled it that way. They yeah. handled it like it was a big deal. And I have to imagine how, like if we as fans feel this way, like how the creators feel like Dave Filoni, how he feels not only getting to come back, but getting to do this and getting yeah. to tell this story and that like, you know, and having original characters like Ahsoka and Rex who get to have such big impacts uh, and whatnot. It like, yeah, there's a lot packed in um, that, you know, to your point of comparing it to like a film, you get levels of excitement and joy and emotion and mm-hmm. you get all kinds of stuff with this show that you normally reserve for big Star Wars for yeah. the films. And I, I guess we can I mean, we can expand on it even more later, but are you satisfied with the ending? Like, do you think it was, you know, a fitting end to the series? And that's not to, like, cause discourse or anything. I'm just genuinely curious. Yeah. I mean, there, there's nothing I would change, really, about how everything went. Yeah. Um, I've put on social media, like, the only thing I missed was a closure for uh, Ahsoka with Plo. Yeah. Not that they would get a scene together, but that she would feel something. Like, like it doesn't feel like his loss is acknowledged on probably the most significant character um, that we could kind of step into those shoes for, because, you know, until the clone wars, Plo didn't matter. Um, You know, I mean, some people probably thought he was really cool and liked him. And I had the action figure and I thought it was cool because if I remember correctly, he, well, the original, original, um, he had a yellow lightsaber, I think in like the Phantom Men because they didn't know he was just a background character. So when the toy came out, they just gave him a lightsaber. And like, I was that kid that was like, man, this is really cool. Um, the same thing that happened with Kirk where you were just like, this is dope. Yeah. I'm going to latch onto this character. But with Kirk I had comics and yeah. um, such. I Plo, there's not significant stories of him in legends. And then yeah. Clone Wars happens, and all of a sudden, he's a great character. He's a fleshed out character. He becomes Papa Plo. He's a sentimental character. Yeah. So I didn't need a last moment for Kit Fisto other than him getting slaughtered by Palpatine because he was just a cool Jedi and that was kind of it. Like he wasn't a sentimental character, if that makes sense. Service was a smile. Right. Um, You know, he was a cool character, a good character, but not sentimental. Whereas with Plo, he grew to be sentimental. So him getting shot down randomly in episode three 
doesn't feel like enough. And I, can, I think maybe that can be an argument to be made is it happened so quickly that it just completely well, out of nowhere. I, I mean, I guess I just feel like they couldn't find the right way to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I, like I attribute it to there was legitimate reason why they didn't do that because Ahsoka is such a significant character to Dave. I would think Dave thought of having a scene like that because yeah. he's the one that wrote the whole Plo and Ahsoka thing. So, yeah. And it, it could have been a time restraint kind of thing as well. Yeah. Um, but that's all just wishful thinking. Um, you know, so I like, that's nothing significant to how the, the art plays out or anything. I like, I feel like we got a great, story i won't say perfect story because i don't like to make anything perfect yeah but we got a really really good star wars story and i don't think there's a lot i was missing out on you know like being someone who sat in the theater and the original release of clone wars to now i don't think i missed out on anything i think i got exactly what clone wars should have been i agree i think it was a very satisfying ending Mm -hmm. um i was a little taken aback at first when when the the last episode when we watched it because there was like no dialogue for that whole ending oh yeah the very end there's a long period of just silence and i think that's yeah. so that you really digest everything exactly and having and thinking about that later i i definitely feel that that that's that was incredibly intentional so that you feel every single thing that's happening right and the music is Beautiful as always. Oh yeah. yeah. And so, and it ends the the right way where it should have, where it ends when the clone wars end, like yeah. literally the clone wars and the clone wars end. Um, that was the only way it should have ended. It shouldn't have. I, the closure we got with season six, I can't deny was special because at that time that was it. That yeah. was the end. But it ended on a point where it didn't feel like it wrapped everything up Yeah. because you end on a point where Yoda gets back from this journey where he basically he's revealed. I won't say he learned because I, you know, there, I have my issues with the Yoda arc Yeah. and I don't remember if we talked through it entirely, but basically he learns a lot and it doesn't seem like he acts on a lot. <laughs> yeah. Because I've always thought of Yoda as the character of, well, I'll file that away for later. Right. Well, <laughs> I'll deal with this when it comes up. So he gets this thing. big revelation, and, and I've always interpreted the whole point. So he learns the the secret of immortality. Sure, that's the important part. Yeah. Then he goes through this journey of seeing what the future, what the choice yeah. is to make in terms of do we save Anakin or do we save Justice? You know, do I go after Palpatine or do I? And you know, basically, he learns the choices the Jedi will make and yet it doesn't deter them from making those choices. And so it's less of a Terminator two, no fate, but what we make, it's more of a, there's no changing fate, you know, Mm -hmm. much more God of war. And so it's this weird thing where it's like, so did we learn anything? (laughs) We got cool. So it ends on this point where it's this very, you know, we'll have some choices to make in the future. Yeah. And then you're supposed to go from that to episode three where they don't make those choices. Whereas then you, you yeah. get this. And I think part of it too is the Yoda journey is much more spiritual. Yeah. And this is much more, this is just 
action. This is this is real. This is what ha- what is happening. Like mm-hmm. it's not caught up in is this a vision? Is, is, like no, it's it's just order of events. Yeah. It it is what it is. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I I think of that arc as informing the line of we failed. Well, that's what I mean. And so like Yoda has all this stuff of. I mean, it's the thing. You can't retroactively change Revenge of the Sith. You can't have this arc where Yoda learns everything and then, oh, episode three changed because Yoda learned stuff. We didn't know he learned stuff before, but now he learned. Like, they couldn't go remake episode three. And I get that. It's just, it was an interesting choice to have all of this information, you know, all of this discovery on Yoda's part and that he would still make the wrong choices. And that's a whole prognosis of its own in terms of if we have all the information do we still make the right choices and everything but yeah. my point being those are the reasons why the the epi- the season six finale doesn't do it for me is because it has all of those things where it's just like uh it's a lot to yeah. process it's a lot left it, it whereas this it it really just takes it and basically we see what's happening under what's happening. Like this happens alongside and during episode three, which was a big deal. I mean, we kind of knew that was going to happen. We knew order 66 was going to be a part of this. And if you didn't know, you just weren't paying attention. I like the number of articles I saw while all this was happening about just confirmed. It happens. Duh. Duh. It's Dryden Voss. Did you know that? Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) So it's stuff like that where it's just like, yes, obviously. You can tell that I didn't expect how much of that to play in. I literally just thought we were going to see Order 66, which meant that's op- happening over here and yeah. that's happening over there. I didn't expect a whole, like, you know, interweaving. Yeah. Like, it's getting knitted together where, hey, just checking yeah. in. What what act, act scene part yeah. are you in in the script? Okay, just want to catch up. Like, there, there's several moments where if you're paying attention, it's like with, when you're watching Witcher and you get a line of just like, oh, have fun on your journey. And it's just, wait, hang on. They said last time that that didn't w- wait. Is this <laughs> before this? You know, yeah. it it's moments where you're paying attention, and Obi Wan says something, and it's just like, yeah. uh, oh, oh, he's on Utapau. Oh, oh no, he's about <laughs> yeah. to engage. Um, and we get, you know, one of the greatest example I think uh, of this uh, is when um, I think it's the third one. I think it's shattered where yeah. um, she walks in on this conference call from the Jedi and yeah. it's a scene from literally lifted from episode three and you get Clone Wars actors reenacting episode three dialogue, you know, um, it's so good. It's one of those moments where it's just like, holy cow, like these two things are now in, intrinsically linked. Mm-hmm. You're watching episode three and you're seeing this dialogue and you know, this happens just before this happens in Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. It's really, it's really, really good stuff. So it's stuff like that where it's just like, I'm trying to remember what my point was. <laughs> I don't know. I just got caught up in Wars um, for a minute and I'm just lost in the sauce right now. <laughs> yeah, but it's, oh, it's, it's just stuff like that where, you know, in the closure of, sorry, like it just, it literally happens where I go, like my brain maps out something and have you ever played that game Minesweeper? Yes, I have. Where you like you just click and see what happens, and then you go based on what you reveal. And your in the brain game. just exploded, yeah. Yeah. So like that's how my brain works when I talk. Is it all sounds pretty, but in reality, I'm just following a map, and exactly. then I have to stop every now and then. And wait, where was I going? Because I was just following directions. 
Meanwhile, um, my brain is more like a game of centipede <laughs> where it's just gone, fam. Yeah, and then it eats itself. Exactly. Um, but no, in the closure of this finale versus the original, this happening at the end of the Clone Wars and, and interweaving with yeah. significant events, this is much more where it should have ended than episode six mm-hmm. or, or season six. And I still love season six. It's just, it's not the finale. Yeah. And thankfully it's not. Now Yay. we, you know, we have this and it's great. Exactly. Um, I don't feel like we're going to have time to go part by part. Like we normally do. Yeah. I feel like we're going to just kind of journey through this and hit the, the, the big points. beats. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, I mean, kind of like we did last time uh, last week, y- y- our, our general map of a Clone Wars rewatch is let's talk about the order of events and stop when it's interesting and everything. But mm-hmm. I mean, let's just talk about the interesting stuff. Yeah, honestly. I, like I feel like, you know, you, you can yeah. infer the order of events. You can watch it on Disney plus and you probably know it. So I don't, I don't yeah. feel like, like you need it as much. I feel like what's more important is talking about um, the things that affected us. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of the point of us having these conversations. It's more Mm -hmm. of how it passes through the lens of us rather than just regurgitating, oh, this happens, then this happens, and blah, blah, blah. It's less of like giving a play-by-play and more like a, we've all watched it, what did you think? Exactly. Like, if you want a play-by-play, go to Star Wars Explained. He's great and he deserves it. He's fantastic. Right. Um, So the setup for this we got in the last one where Ahsoka meets Bo. Yeah. and basically, Bo is at this point in um, her interactions uh, as a freedom fighter for Mandalore that yeah. she can't do it anymore. She needs help. Um, the setup for this is the comic series um, Son of Dathomir. So mm-hmm. if you come into this wondering, because the last time we saw Maul, he was captured by Palpatine. Well, basically, the synopsis of... Um, the Son of Dathomir comics. If you want to read them, I highly recommend it, but Please spoilers. Delightful. Um, basically, he's imprisoned, and he has loyalists that break him out, one of them being Gar Saxon, who technically not for the first time in animation shows up here. Yeah. Um, he's but, a mall cop. Yeah, he's a mall DeLorean. Um, <laughs> but we don't see him. He's not. He's in Rebels. I'm just yeah. going to say that. So he's in Rebels, and he has this back history as one of Maul's greatest and loyalists, and now he works for the Empire because he just goes to where the power is. But mm-hmm. it's this weird backstory that we have for a character that we don't see, and then, oh, well, we do get to see it. We see it in that comic. But what's even yeah. cooler is we see it here, but getting ahead. But basically, Gar Saxon breaks Maul out, mm-hmm. and they retake Mandalore after dealing with Palpatine. They become Um, best buddies and hug. That's the important part. If you want to see exactly how he deals with Palpatine and how he gets away and all this other stuff, Mm -hmm. um, then that is uh, a reason for you to read the comic. Go to Comixology. It's cheap on there. But that's how he escapes. He gets back to Mandalore and basically retakes power because he's still, as we see, that's why Bo's asking for help. He still has the greater influence. Mm Mm-hmm. Because a lot of Mandalorians at this point in time, again, like Gar Saxon, go to where the power is. Yeah. Um, so well, why would they follow this guy? Well, because it's kind of working. Maul's a good guy to follow when everything works according to his plan. Exactly. And also, Maul is bringing a lot of money in. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's like, that's the whole point. That's why. That's why 
yes, he's um, scary. He's a force user. He's not Mandalorian, but he knows how to get stuff done. He knows how to make money. He knows how to run an empire because he learned from the best. He's a provider. So it's one of those things where it's obvious why he holds so much power is because he is a good leader in this regard. Mm -hmm. What's interesting when he comes into the picture is we see he's kind of faltering on his criminal empire because he's so caught up in his past. Mm -hmm. It's easy to forget when we run into Maul here and, you know, in Solo and in um, various parts. When he's being criminal empire guy, Mm -hmm. when he's being Maul, it's very easy to forget that he was once Darth Maul. He He was a Sith. He was spiritual. He believed in this and he believed in crushing the Jedi and the way of the galaxy was for the Sith to rule. Like, that was Maul at one point. He yeah. was obsessed with that. Here, some of that comes back because he's feeling a very significant disturbance in the force where it's just like, I can't balance my checkbooks because I'm just feeling something right now. Exactly. It's like when you are you just bought a new video game and you're trying really hard to get home so that you can play it and you right. just can't think of anything else that entire day. Exactly. But instead of a video game, it's killing Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is he's not even caught up with that so much. Right? It. it Um, It's a passing line of, oh, I was hoping for Kenobi. (laughs) Right. Um, And so it's really interesting to have Maul disrupted by what's going on in this. Because you've got to figure his master is the one orchestrating all of this. And as we reveal, he didn't know about the whole thing. He learns about it as it goes on, but he didn't know about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Maul is still a Force user. He's still connected to the Force. And he's still connected to his master. So when... When stuff goes down, of course, he would feel the ripple effects of that. Mm-hmm. So he's, it's a weird teeter-totter. And, you know, it's something I just couldn't help thinking about as I'm watching. Because, again, he starts off Criminal Empire Mall, And then for a good part of the last half, he's Sith Mall yeah. to a point. I'll explain myself later. But then he goes back to, I just got to get out and survive i my favorite scene with maul is his casual use of the force Mm -hmm. in the hallway scene yeah that hallway scene (laughs) oh yeah it rivals vader's oh yeah when he doesn't even have a lightsaber or anything it's just it's It's good stuff um so good and so so Bo runs into soka asks for help and they go to anakin and obi-wan because basically the point is hey this is something the republic should help with because it's the republic Mm -hmm. And so will you help us? You know, they're not going to go to the Jedi order. They're going to go to the Jedi. They know, exactly. um, or at least Ahsoka is. I love the Obi-Wan Ahsoka stuff in yes. this because, because it is so <laughs> Qui-Gon. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just so bitey. Um, it's amazing. Even down to like when they first ask for help and this was a really big moment. Um, and hopefully we can get through this before we have to break for a uh, banking claim. Um, <laughs> If, if you've been with us long enough, that basically means an ad. Uh, but um, I love the interactions when they're first asking for help. And Obi-Wan's like, I'll have to talk to the Jedi Order. And um, Bo is like, you know, the guy running this thing, the guy I'm, I'm wanting to take down, killed my sister, your lover. I would think you would be into yeah. helping. And I love when he has a moment of, yeah, but I don't want to let my emotions lead. There's a scene immediately following that where Anakin, I, I, his eyebrows raise and look. And I love that scene because 
Not long after this, like literally a day or two after this in the events of episode three, there's a moment when uh, Padme's like, why won't you talk to Obi-Wan? Maybe he can help us. And he's like, no, I'm not. I don't need his help. Yes. This for me, that I sets read it. it up. Yeah, I read it that way. I'm not saying that's what they did, but I love that you can interpret it as this sows the seeds of distrust later because exactly. here, here's an opportunity to save and avenge the one you love and he won't take it. So how could he possibly understand when exactly. I have the same thing? I love that. <laughs> I love that Dude, so much. Every bit of episode three that we get this in, I almost call it this movie. Yeah. In these episodes is fantastic. Well, it it's those things that I love that add to episode three. Yeah. Episode three that is, uh, what is it set? Uh, it's came 2005, 15 years. It, this oh. just turned 15 years old. Oh, I'm here's, elderly. Yeah. Here's this 10 year old show adding to this movie in ways you couldn't possibly fathom so that choices that are made by certain characters, lines that are delivered by certain characters, stuff that happens, you're just thinking of this and it's just, it's adding so much. And yeah. and that scene of Anakin just can be like, oh, because it, I feel like at one point, I mean, there's, there's even an episode where Obi-Wan's like, Anakin, I understand. I know what it's like to like a woman. <laughs> right. I've seen one of those. But you have to be careful. Yeah. Is his advice sound? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, but the point is, there's a moment earlier where it can trick you into thinking, man, Anakin's stupid. Mm -hmm. He understands clearly, and he, you know, Obi-Wan understands clearly his circumstance, and Anakin doesn't ask for help. This, this is, is a follow-up to that where it's like, I really believe there was what once a time, or there could have been a time where Anakin did yeah. ask for help. He admitted everything. I mean, we even know Obi-Wan has an idea because yeah. of the scene in Bad Batch where he's like, I hope you said how. Like, there's stuff that yeah. sets up so much. How could he let that go? Yeah. Stuff like this. Uh, because if there's anything I've learned of Anakin, and it's the type of person I am too, it's the little things that are paid attention to that make a big difference. The way people say things, who they say them to, how they, like, certain things yeah. I pick up on and all of a sudden that becomes my, that informs my opinion, I should say. Sometimes it's right, sometimes it's wrong, yeah. but Anakin's the same way in terms of there doesn't have to be a big reason for him to distrust Obi-Wan. Yeah. Something like this is enough because Anakin's always paying attention and he unfortunately is easy to steer mentally and emotionally. And this, I, I think, is a, a really good example of that. And Absolutely. Then, and so on top of that, Ahsoka has just this fighting dialogue with Obi-Wan because she obviously is way more um, way more against the Republic and the Jedi now because yeah. she she sees how it works. Exactly. And so Obi-Wan wanting to help the Republic and check with the Jedi, or she's just like, oh. Um, <laughs> sure thing, stepdad. You know, this is a this is a, a, a woman now that once was a girl that believed in this and, yeah. and could only see this way of doing things and has now seen a different way. She's seen the truth of the system and the order and... She doesn't like it. She doesn't agree with it. And she doesn't care what you think of it. And she doesn't accept it. <laughs> exactly. So um, we're going to go ahead and pause it there, give you an ad, and uh, get back to it. Hey, we planned our ad this time. <gasps> so after, eventually, Anakin comes up with the idea of, all right, we'll send some help. Yeah. Um, luckily, they're saved by 
an emergency that basically makes it impossible to really check on everything. It, it, Obi-Wan is just basically like, okay, because the chancellor has been kidnapped. And oh, this no. is the first thing of, Hey, this is happening with episode three. Yeah. Um, kind of figured that was going to happen because oh, yeah. that that's the whole setup for why doesn't she have help? Where, why is she there alone? Um, but it's a really, it's really good. Yeah. Um, I do have to mention a lot of people have pointed out, you know, cause there's this whole nice scene of, Hey, here's your lightsabers. Yeah. Um, and they've been changed. They're blue now. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting how people have pointed out, and I don't know where it was originally pointed out, if it was in a, an actual Star Wars source or just some smart geek on the internet. I'm, I would reference them if I knew, mm-hmm. but it's floated around enough that I've seen it from several people um, about how that's a mark of uh, uh, Anakin's um, over uh, dangerous compassion, basically. Yeah. His over, uh, dang it, what is the word I'm looking for? His controlling love. Manipulation? Not manipulation. Um, basically how he shows he cares about something by making it his. Yes. Um, and it's this thing of like, hey, isn't this, this, this is this cute act of. Possessiveness. Hey, I, yeah, possessiveness. It's just, yeah. it, it's this, I thought it would look cooler blue because you're my apprentice and blah, blah, blah. It's mm-hmm. this, hey, I did a thoughtful thing, but it turns out it's actually poisoned by my own perspective. Mm-hmm. It's not entirely selfless. Um, it was a really interesting thing. Maybe you could chalk it up to reading too much into it, but I thought it was an interesting thing because, well, yeah, that's, Why would that's he his whole, the yeah, that's his whole downfall is he affects everything too much mm-hmm. because he cares about it too exactly. much. And this is exactly why that line of Obi-Wan of I'm not going to let my emotions leave. Anakin, you get Obi-Wan and Anakin are the perfect contrast. You get stepping away from my emotions too much and not stepping away from my emotions enough. And, and it's a really subtle, but interesting thing. Oh yeah. Anakin is a soup of like childhood trauma versus teenage trauma. Yeah. Like he's doing it in a way of, I thought it was a cool thing, but it, it's exactly, I mean, it's like, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure a way to equate it. That makes sense. But I mean, basically, it's it's this idea of almost I love you the way I see you, mm. not completely you. Exactly. And that kind of corrupts our idea of how he loves his um, uh, uh, Padme and all this other stuff. But it should because obviously the way things play out in episode three, the love they have for each other, or the love he has for her at least, is not as pure yeah. as it once was or should be, you know, it, it, it's not good. It's, it's not healthy. He has a child's perception of what love is. And yeah, he's in fair. that arrested development of this is where he stopped emotionally developing mm-hmm. because that's when he was taken to the Jedi order and they don't exactly teach that. <laughs> yeah. They don't. Well, yeah, it's like yeah. you don't feel, and then all of a sudden you feel everything. Exactly. And, and I think that, that's what spurred him on throughout the horrible acts that mm-hmm. he did was just, I'm feeling so much. I've just got to keep going. I've got to keep doing because if I stop yeah. and think about it, because basically once he becomes Darth Vader, all he does is try not to think about it. It's that line from Shmi where she says, don't look back. 
Mm-hmm. He becomes Vader and he doesn't look back. Oh yeah, pretty much. His That's his whole life. thing. And and when he does finally look back, and the significance of that is in Return of the Jedi, he does look back. He looks at Palpatine, he looks at Luke, he looks at Palpatine, and then finally he looks back at Luke. Yeah. When he finally looks back, he sees who he should have been. Mm-hmm. Um good stuff right there. Very good stuff. Um so we we Getting know sad. Good so stuff. Episode one is long. Oh yeah. Um didn't realize that until you sat finally and you're just like whoa wait hang on how long has it been um and a funny thing is it's only like seven minutes longer but it's so much more yeah because we get the first part of the siege of mandalore in that last act and oh my gosh yeah the action um this was used in a lot of the trailers showing off ahsoka just kicking butt and taking names and everything and basically the first half of the the battle takes place there like you Mm -hmm. see them land take out a lot of mandalorians and then there's one interaction in the end where finally Maul reveals himself. Yeah. But when we pick back up, it's kind of this cat and mouse thing um, at first. Yeah. Um, because Maul, and this is what I was talking about before, Maul's not completely on the objective of kill the Jedi, kill the clones, win the battle. He's yeah got other stuff going on. He's got his hand on a lot of pies at the moment. Yeah. And so um, so what he does, he, he kidnaps Jesse to learn what's going on what's Mm -hmm. happening and all this other stuff um and it doesn't quite make sense until later basically he kind of just distributes power to crimson dawn from what like the way i interpret it is basically he's saying hey stuff's about to go down da 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 and then all of his troops that he has on mandalore basically he just puts out there and it's just like we're not going to win this battle but i mean he doesn't tell them that but he's like we're not going to win this battle, but... Yeah, isn't they, that what you want? A glorious death? Yeah, they can fight the battle. Yeah. I have other business. And this is where we get the scene where he's just lounging. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, I have sat like that in chairs my entire life. Yes, <laughs> all the time. All the time. Um, I, this is Maul at his most Maul. Like his yes. most himself. This is not the apprentice trying to be the apprentice. This is not the criminal leader trying to be... This is just him. Yeah. Um, and you see that for like everything from how he handles getting Bo and uh, Rex out of the picture and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, he knows, all right, this isn't about this anymore. This is about me and Ahsoka mm-hmm. because I know stuff. She doesn't know stuff, but she can help me know more stuff. Exactly. Um, and it's all like you get lost on that because of this epic duel yes. that starts to take place. I have a question for you. Yes. Maul offers his hand. Do you take it? No. Why not? Because he's wrong. He has points. He does, but still. He has. So does the, so does the Jedi, but. <laughs> yeah, but Maul's cooler. Yeah. I mean, basically, what. There's a moment she considers it because yeah. basically Maul lays it all out of we can stop the Sith because turns out the chancellor is the Sith. So Mm -hmm. Ahsoka gets information that's pertinent and that could change the course of everything. Yeah. She doesn't have time to act on it. Um, because, uh, I'm trying to find exactly. Um, something happened. Oh, that's right. Because at an earlier point they mentioned that he's, Oh, um, Oh, what's his stinky face? Um, yes. (laughs) I'm glad you knew what I meant. Um, I have to mention, he has really cool armor for he does. Um, uh old guy. It looks so regal. But um, 
when he's in the prison, they try to get some information from him. What does Maul want? And he's like, he's looking for somebody. He wants Skywalker or something like that, which is a cool mm-hmm. Empire moment. But so here when she's like, okay, you're dropping a lot of things that make yeah. a lot of sense all of a sudden. But you want to kill Anakin. Well, she's like, what do you want with Anakin? Yeah. And he's, he, yes, he wants to take him out because he knows for his master to succeed, he needs Anakin. And so for him to sabotage his master, he needs to kill Anakin. Yeah. That's at least what his brain says. And that's when Ahsoka just goes, nope, doesn't matter what kind of sense you're making, you're not killing Anakin. Yeah. That could have changed a lot of things. It could have changed a lot. Uh, But had they taken a different route? Her whole thing is, okay, if if he's the Sith and Anakin's the key, then I know I have to get to Anakin and I've got to help him make the right choice. Maul doesn't want him to have a choice. Maul wants to kill him. Exactly. So there's a right and a wrong way to do it. Maul represents the wrong way to do it. And it's the question of, do you think that Anakin would accept Ahsoka's help? Because this entire film, he's been pushing away every person that's been trying to help him. Well, that's the setup. That's the whole setup is that... Revenge of the Sith puts him in a place where he has to make the choice and he doesn't make the right one. Exactly. I do think, now I don't think Ahsoka could have ever come back and redeemed Anakin. No. That was only for his son. But could she have changed Anakin's course that he never became Vader? Probably. If anyone could have done it. Mostly probably. By going for the head. Right. Um, so they enact this great duel and this... <sighs> um, you know, I mentioned right after, like yeah. on Twitter, like because I'm watching this for the first time, and I'm just thinking of when we got to talk to uh, Ray Park, and we didn't realize that he was going to be doing mocap for Clone Wars, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying he spoiled something. I doubt he did. Oh no! But I, I just know we didn't know that, and it's, he said that. Yeah. Um. So when we met him at celebration, because we were just like. You know, I mean, obviously we're fawning because he's one of our favorite yeah. people. He's amazing. And we're just like, oh my gosh, you're so amazing. We get him to sign the, the pop. Um, and there's a fun story behind that. But basically the point yeah. is because we love you so much. We just, you, you're just so amazing. We were so excited to see you come back after all of these years with Solo and all this other stuff. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I loved getting to come back. It was amazing to be this character that changed my life and to get to do it again for Clone Wars. What? what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I did this whole thing where I put on this suit and I was in front of cameras and everything I did, I saw the character on the, the screens do and it was so cool. And so all the duels in Clone Wars. And I just, my brain Oh my, Yeah, it was a moment where it's just like, holy crap, Ray Park is in Clone Wars now. And then watching it. Oh yeah, you see it. It makes incredible. a world of difference. All the flippy-doos. Um, and so for technicality and for... Uh, technology's sake and for all of it's amazing for that you know but what you know what i said on twitter or what i tried to get across on twitter and what i'll say here is like when i watch this again obviously us being fans we know how star wars affects people um we can sometimes forget how it affects the people in star wars exactly and so like seeing Ray get emotional talking about I got to come back to this character mm-hmm. not just once and have some other guy do the voice but I also got to do a full on duel as this character which is arguably what made that character so cool to so many yeah and it's 20 years later like it, to see it's him the same physicality oh yeah and and you know you, like he thought Darth Maul was not his character anymore yeah I, I don't want to put words in his mouth but 
the, the, the emotion he conveyed with getting to come back was this idea of, I get to be Maul again. Mm-hmm. I think it was, I think he was more than happy. And I think he's the kind of cool dude that passed the torch with vigor to um, Sam. Mm-hmm. Who and also does an incredible job. Absolutely. He's an amazing Maul as well. Yeah. I don't think he was bitter about that. I don't think he felt bad about that. But I do think after years and years, it started to become a perspective of, He's Maul now. Mm-hmm. This is this is where this character's gone, and for him to get the offer to come back, uh, you know, it clearly had an impact. It was clearly yeah. significant to him, and that's a big deal that I don't think we realize. For this guy to come back twenty years later and play this character again, not again, not just in a cameo, yeah, but significantly, and, the the, oh. the biggest part of his role in this is this duel, exactly. Or, you know, like and so. Incredible. Oh yeah. It and so and this is arguably the last time we'll see his character on screen. Yeah. You know that the Stop honest it. truth. I'm because the, the fact is we don't have anywhere else to go, large in part because rebels went there. So it's one of those things where this was his last chance to be Maul, and I think that's awesome and, and significant. And I I'm glad if this is going to be the last time we see Maul. Animated or otherwise, Fantastic. I, I think it's great that they brought Ray in for it. Yeah, um, because you can't get Ray in comics, you can't get Sam in comics, you can't get, you can't do the same yeah. thing. You can make the characters look like them, but yeah. they can. They're not them, exactly. Um, you know, and that's what's always special about with you know the shows and the movies when these characters are these people. You know, when Hayden is Anakin, when Ashley is Ahsoka, when yeah. Ray is Darth Maul. You know, it's just as significant and important. Um, it's also like when James Arnold Taylor um, gets moments where he's not just doing his Obi-Wan, but he gets to do famous Obi-Wan dialogue. It's one of those moments where yeah. you can play Obi-Wan over here in Clone Wars and all this other stuff. But the moments where he really takes important dialogue of Obi-Wan's, it's like this is him really getting to be Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is real dialogue. And it, you know, and you can interpret that in a negative way. That's not obviously how I mean it. Um, but it's one of those things where it's just like, it makes it yeah. realer. It's um, like, there's an amazing line in um, Matt Smith's last episode as the doctor. Where he looks directly into the camera and says, I'll always remember when the doctor was me. Right. I love that so well, much. And, and, and that's the stuff that... Like, when you know that your character is not your character, yeah. like with, with Sam and with James Arnold Taylor, um, even with Matt, um, mm-hmm. although I don't feel like they got a lot with Matt. I, you know, that was yeah. one thing. There wasn't a lot with Anakin. Well, I get it, because he was other places. True. He was going through a lot of Yeah. Time. I mean, I, I part of me kind of hoped we would yeah. see, we would get something added to. Um, because Matt Latner's act, acting as Anakin throughout the Clone Wars has already added so much to how I see Anakin in the films. You know, I thought they would go one step further with that or something like that. Um, Now Matt does get to recite significant dialogue when in the next, well, that's just, you know, when, when order 66 happens and Ahsoka feels it, she hears, um, she hears Matt Latner as Anakin, you know, 
yeah. in those moments uh, of I need him and love, you know, and you also um, get uh, Terrence as uh, Mace in those moments, which is yeah. significant as well. And all. like, so there's moments like that where that happens and it's just like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. But like, like you said, that, that's, yeah. It's Hayden, yeah, Hayden is Anakin. Yeah, absolutely. But it's great when this other person who has added so much to this character that mm-hmm. belongs to Hayden gets recognition. Absolutely. It's so great when this actor, James, gets recognition for adding so much to this beloved character of Obi-Wan mm-hmm. that belongs to Ewan yeah. and Alec, but arguably Ewan. Yeah. Um, I, I love both. And, and that's the significance of it. That's that's what's so amazing about mm-hmm. voice acting and all of this other stuff is I, I love both and I can love both. I can love Ewan as Obi-Wan and I can love James as Obi-Wan. Um, I don't think you'll find people that get these characters quite as much as these people that I would even go so far as to say, and this can burn me at the stake for it. I would say James Arnold Taylor gets Obi-Wan more infinitely than Ewan McGregor does mm-hmm. because Obi-Wan is natural to Ewan. Yeah. It, it's there. It's him. Sure. There's something significant when you have someone who's given the legacy of this character yeah. that's handed this thing. Respect. Absolutely. They're going to do absolutely everything they can to hold it with care, to do it well, to give us fans what they want. And that's what's so significant about what James does Versus what Ewan does. Yeah. Ewan is Obi-Wan, sure. But you'll never find someone who loves Obi-Wan more than James Arnold Taylor. Yeah. And, and I, you know, it's the same thing with Ahsoka. And and that's where, that's that whole separate conversation that I think we've yeah. already said before of, that's why she's Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. You know, because arguably she got the character from the source. She got it from Dave. And she was given the responsibility of, being a generation's perspective of Star Wars. And yeah. that's what she's done. And that is why she will always be Ahsoka. Um, and that's the big deal of Clone Wars. That's what makes it so dang special is because you've got all of these special people working on it. And to bring someone as awesome as Ray Park back to yeah. have a presence in that is amazing. Absolutely. It's absolutely amazing. It's the same thing like when Ian McDermott shows up in uh, Rebels mm-hmm. for a scene. It's literally just one scene, but it's, it's Ian as Palpatine, and it's yeah. just like, oh, it's it's, it's glorious. Incredible. It's it's incredible. Um, and so Ray Park coming back oh, yeah. makes this duel, um, and you would think that would be the highlight of it. Um, but we no. are really running out of time. I'm okay with it. I, let's make it long. It's going to be a little care. long. Um, essentially, Maul loses the duel. Yes, um, and he gets put captured. in the blue box. Yes, he's he's captured, and he does a great Hannibal Lecter cosplay. He does. Um, and this is where it takes a shift. Um, yeah. I was surprised because I didn't expect the Siege of Mandalore mm-hmm. to be so short. Yeah. But it, of course, makes sense after the fact because that's not the big picture. And also, you know, we don't see the ripple. Of the Siege of Mandalore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We that, I mean, hear about it. Yeah, more happens, but it's basically the setting for the big picture rather than the big picture. Because mm-hmm. once they have Maul and once all's done, they yeah. go to leave and bring him to justice. Yeah, and I'll say something that stood out to me during that scene was Maul's just absolute panic. Oh, yeah. Like, well, it's like a caged animal. He just goes He nuts. knows his master. Yeah. 
he knows the end. Not even he's good enough. Mm-hmm. If if he's in the wrong place at the wrong time, not even he's good enough to escape. Exactly. It. The the but, facade just completely lifts and he goes, Oh no, oh no, oh no. Well, it's when you take a child back to an abusive father. Exactly. Um, or mother or parent, you know, whatever parent. Um, when you take someone who's been abused and when you, they know the darkest side of someone and you're just like, yeah. all right, let's take them. Because guess what? They're going to take him to justice. Who's going to enact justice on him? But the leader of the Republic exactly. who happens to also be his master. So he knows if he yeah. goes back, it's going down. And you can, you can imagine in this moment, it would seem like a boy crying wolf to everyone else, except for Ahsoka, mm-hmm. which even then she's, you know, meh. But he could tell anyone on that ship, Palpatine is a Sith Lord. He's going to kill me. And he'd be treated as, oh, yeah, that's just Maul. He's well, lying through I his mean, teeth. And that's what's very scary. pointy teeth. That's what's scary about the setup of this is because the only one that he could tell that would make a difference is Ahsoka. Yeah. And they're on a ship full of clones. Exactly. Because the clones would never believe because the clones serve the Republic. Exactly. They aren't autonomous enough to process that information. Yeah. He's Sidious, he's a Sith, he's the bad guy, but he leads the Republic, so, and the Republic's perfect, so, yeah, uh, yeah. like, I don't know what it would look like, right, I don't know what it would look like, but I guarantee it wouldn't look like they would help, it wouldn't change anything, and so he's made his bargain with Ahsoka, um, but her whole ploy is, all right, I've got him, let's go back, I'm gonna save Anakin, because he's gonna testify, and we're gonna make it all okay, like, she has the makings of solving the problem. But then, but then we get that amazing moment on the, uh, on the bridge between Ahsoka and Rex. Mm-hmm. I loved that. Do I take it as shipping material? Well, that was the ultimate. No. Oh, gosh. Well, yeah. So, stop. She's too young. She's still <laughs> She's too young ba- at this they're point. They're both 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he's younger, or exactly. younger than her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, that was significant yeah. closure. That was. It, it's them finally just saying, you my beef. You're my BFF. Yeah. Well, these two are the most developed characters of the Clone Wars. Exactly. Um, you know, because... They're both children who yeah. fought in a war together. Well, and they're both our perspective... Uh, Rex is our perspective for the clones. Exactly. And Ahsoka's our pers- perspective for the Jedi. So you have these two characters that for 10 years have been our lens with which we process all of this Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the end. And so, of course... You know, I mean, it's not the end of the episode, but this is the most peaceful moment they have. Yeah, to... this is the last moment. Yeah. Um, this now... is this is the fulcrum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is where balance shifts. <laughs> um, so, but before that, uh, before they load up everything, is when we get that scene where Ahsoka walks in, and it's the conference. Yeah. Um, in episode three, it's this is the one where. Um, Cody buzzes in and it's just like, hey, just wanted to say Obi-Wan killed Grievous and we're, or he's engaging Grievous, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So this is when, okay, we're starting to see the end. And this is when Mace is like, you know, I sense a plot to destroy the jet. Like we walk in on the ends of things. Yeah. And Ahsoka just misses Anakin, basically. Yeah. It's like two ships passing in the breeze. Right. And this is the second opportunity after earlier with Obi-Wan when um, she has a chance to say something to Anakin, but she doesn't have a chance to say it directly. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that just like Anakin, she does not trust the two most significant people that could have made a difference being Yoda yeah. and Obi-Wan because she too believes, and I believe they wouldn't have made a difference. Yeah. 
They would have killed Anakin. Right. Um, She knows if it didn't come from her, it wasn't going to happen. And so that, again, drives the force of, I've got to get back, get it together, and save my boy, and just end this whole stinking war, and maybe save the Jedi in the process. Because who knows what would have happened if things had played out differently. Yeah. So right after that scene with Ahsoka and, and Rex is when we get... And I love how they handled it in terms of... It was amazing. How, how could you not feel it? Exactly. And and you mentioned the fulcrum. Like, you literally everyone that's connected to the Force feeling the sudden shift. Yes. This is the moment where Palpatine gets his grubby hands on the lever and pulls. And everyone that's, like, plugged in feels mm-hmm. it. And, again, I love that they have the overplay of dialogue it's of a, what's uh, happening. And then... Yeah. And so she, she, she's like, oh gosh, no, I'm late. We, something's wrong with Anakin. And so she goes to get help from Rex. And that's when we get, uh, the the thing. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, we see Palpatine issuing the order. Yeah. Um, and oh my gosh. Rex's body language in that scene is incredible. Yeah, he well, for being an animated character. Yeah, well, I was gonna say they handle a lot of facial acting with um, Rex very yeah. well. Um, you can see the only thing going through his mind is no. Yeah, well, he's he is clearly mentally struggling, which is yeah. a interesting thing because we don't really see that elsewhere. Yeah. Um, with a certain Jedi, we do see that he's able to through the Force snap a couple of clones out of it, mm-hmm. but it's not a permanent fix. Um, I, that's not what yeah. this is. This is actually Rex himself resisting. Exactly. And, you know, the argument can be made, you know, he's just that much more of a rebel than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Ha Literally. <laughs> but I think it's not, you know, at, I don't think it's the force. I don't think it's him being a rebel. I think he has made a connection with so many of the Jedi, mm-hmm. like Ahsoka, like Anakin, like so many people that that's what's going through his mind at that moment. Yeah. Like, well, if he hadn't had that conversation with Ahsoka a few minutes ago, who knows? Yeah. I, and well, it's again, a revelation that we don't understand order 66 because yeah. we don't know exactly how we don't know what's going yeah. on in his head because I mean, he can only hold on for so long. Yeah, he has a moment and he says, find fives. And then he enacts Order 66. He 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 flips over. Dude. Um, because, I mean, there there's the whole scene and she is on the defense the whole time, but she escapes. Um, but as soon as she he realizes she's escaped, she's like, all right, you go ex- execute uh, Maul and I'm going to we're going to go after her. Like, mm mm-hmm. He's he's following orders. Yeah. So it it it's that revelation of clearly he can hold on, but clearly he can't. What does that do to the like? Mm-hmm. There's just so much we don't understand. But um, yeah. and there's the significance of putting on and taking off the helmet. Oh yeah 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 yeah. We, we talked about that. He doesn't have the helmet on at first, but a- after yeah. he can't hold on anymore, he puts it on and yeah. he's just a good soldier. That's um, CT. I cannot remember his number. What. Rex's number. Oh, I can't remember. Like seven six five six or something like that. I know there's one, a seven out of five, five and a six. No, not one seven. There's no one in it. I don't okay. think. It's well, like seven six five six or something, something like, like that. that. <laughs> but there's a difference between CT whatever number and Rex. Oh yeah, yeah. That's Absolutely. when the clones lose their Autonomy. names. Mm-hmm. Like, and I love hate that. 
Yeah. Well, it, it's like you said, it's, it's very, it's symbolic of it yeah. um, and everything. Um, and so uh, Ahsoka frees Maul for a distraction while she saves Rex. And, and boy, whatever distraction. Oh yeah. That the hallway scene there. It was um, so great. But, and, and this is the other instance I was talking about with the facial acting is right after she um, gets the, the uh, biochip out and he's all together, like the, that facial acting they have the, mm-hmm. the way they portray it of like, I, I almost killed you. Like, like there's genuine, like, Oh my gosh, what did I almost do? Yeah. Um, what did I do? Um, and it's just very praiseworthy because it's just enough to take it beyond getting the dialogue out and getting the scene done yeah. to making you feel the scene. Exactly. That, you know, it's, it's a big difference. It's one of those things where like, I have that thought every time we watch the Clone Wars. I only cried for twenty minutes. <laughs> right. Um, I didn't cry in this episode. That is true. I cried the next one. So, um, and with that one, so what ends up happening now? It, now that Rex is back on the side, yeah. Um, Maul brings down the ship. He takes yes. out the engines so that it comes out of hyperspace and heck of a plan. Well, I mean, basically, he had to get it out of hyperspace. Yeah. That's the best way to do it, is to go after the reactor, and then he can figure it out from there. And basically, the plan to figure out from there is the same one Ahsoka and Rex have. Let's get to the, the bay, get a shuttle. Yeah. Um, on top of that, the, as it comes out of hyperspace, because it has no engines, it's just floating, and it's going to crash into a planet. Delightful so, planet. you know, it's yeah. not only do we have to escape, but we have to escape fast. And in between them is all of the clones, including Jesse. Yes. Because now that Captain Rex is First gone missing, now mm-hmm. turned mutiny. He's AWOL. Now Re- uh, Jesse's in charge. Yeah. And so Jesse's the... No, so here's one complaint I have. No? Um, the one complaint. So when Rex confronts Jesse and just like, hey, dude, remember she got kicked out of the Jedi Order? She's, She's not, not a, a Jedi. Jedi. It's fine, which is also a good plan, but clearly not. it doesn't quite work. Um, but... Uh, Jesse returns the dialogue with like something like, you know, you know, we're under direct order from Darth Sidious. I hate the fact that he says Darth Sidious. I yeah. do not like that for some reason they How, know he's a Sith exactly. or like somehow. How far is that embedded? It's it because the the directive of Order sixty six is specifically that the Jedi are an enemy of the Republic. Mm-hmm the highest office of the Republic being the chancellor. Yeah. It's direct. That, that's why it works. That's why it exists because technically it makes sense. You would want a protocol of in case they turn yeah. on the Republic. And so. Cause to no one else is he's just Palpatine. Right. He's so just Emperor what, Palpatine. Yeah. So what it makes it seem like is order 66 then becomes Darth Sidious said, kill the Jedi. Yeah. Rather than something, the emperor. right? This is the Order sixty six as I originally knew it, and as far as I believe it is, was reasonably defendable. Yeah, the Jedi threatened the highest power of the Republic and became an enemy of the Republic. Therefore, they're all purged. Yeah, that makes sense because technically, kind of that is what they did. Um, yeah. That's why. That's why it's defensible. Freaking Mace Windu, man. But when all of a sudden you call him Darth Sidious and you get you make yeah. it big bad guy said do things, <laughs> I, 
it just it really grinded my gears and it just yeah, it uh, I did not I did not like it. It tickled my raspberries in the <laughs> wrong way. <laughs> it rustled your jimmies. It rustled my gym jams. Um so the plan doesn't work and there's this huge action sequence where essentially they yeah. have to get to a ship. Maul escapes with the yes. shuttle they were going for and they managed to get a Y-wing thankfully. I, Obviously, the two greatest characters in Clone Wars get saved by a Y-Wing, the greatest ship of the Republic and Rebellion and Resistance. I mean, it survived and won three wars. This has been Herd Father and Y-Wing. <laughs> Y-Wing superior to all other wings. Like that. Fight me, Elijah Wood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But fantastic use of droids in this episode as well. Oh, yeah. And then they're slaughtered for it. Yeah. That was significant. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to think about that. Thanks, John. That was a big deal because um, Ahsoka's original droid um, shows up for this one. Yeah. And she's the first to go. Uh, but I just, I love that they're droids and you can paint the picture how you want. But I love that they. They're they, soldiers. Yeah. They're not, moment. they're not, well, they're, they're not following the orders. Mm-hmm. Even the droids have enough sense to help Ahsoka. Exactly. So I, I, I love the the um, humanity they give the droids oh, yeah. in this. And it makes it even more special when they help her uh, and whatnot. And so, yeah. I, again, huge action sequence. Lots going on because you have all of these Jedi. And here's mm-hmm. the thing. Ahsoka, I do not believe, well, why could Ahsoka do it and Kiari Mundi do it? Why couldn't Lumina? Why couldn't Ahsoka? I don't think without Rex she could have done this. I she agree. could not have pulled off defending herself. And here's the thing. She pulled it off because she was only defending herself. She yes. was not trying to kill. I feel like any response... I mean, Kiati Mundi yeah. does kill a few of his troops by reflecting their blasts. I feel like because the Jedi were offensive in their defense, there was no defense. Exactly. That was probably a deep, big thing that was unnecessary, but I just... Yeah. To satiate the angry fanboys that don't listen to our podcast because they're angry fanboys and... <laughs> We we're say, too we, for them. yeah, we have too many hot takes. I'm gonna but sip my mug of fanboy tears. I could not fathom that argument and, and sentiment because, I, again, number one, she has Rex. Number two, her game is whole different yeah. than any other Jedi's she reaction. She does not kill a single clone. Exactly. Versus Yoda. Yeah, Yoda. I, and I love the parallel because Ahsoka even honors these clones. Yes. That was the scene that made me cry. When she is talking to Rex and Rex is just like, I don't want you to die. I don't want them to die. I just want, I just want everybody to be okay. And this to stop. And And Ahsoka's like, look, you're not wrong. Yeah. And they're not wrong. They, they don't, they don't know what they're doing. Exactly. And the line of, I'm not going to be the one to kill them. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why her game is so different from every other Jedi. That's why she survives. Exactly. Um, the ship crashes. <laughs> yeah. So as, but that's the cool part. So as the ship is crashing and Rex has there's, the Y wing and she's free falling and there's just this whole like Mission Impossible scene. Beautiful where music. The it's just time. oh yeah, absolutely. That's titled Y wing. Even they know. <laughs> okay, I'm turning off the podcast. Even they know the most <laughs> triumphant score of Star Wars should be called Y wing. I'm just gonna re- rename our Twitter the Y wing podcast. The Y wing podcast. Yes. Why wing? Uh, <laughs> so the um, uh, so obviously they make it out and it's all fine, um, but the ship does crash, and um, then it jumps to so after the crash, you know, the re- obviously the revelation that they survived yeah. is uh, it's punctuated by the revelation that everyone else died. Yeah. Um, 
but it's this was it yeah (laughs) Uh, because again even in this ahsoka honors the clones exactly and i feel like that's the most appropriate way to end the clone wars a show that idolized and glorified and gave so much to the clone characters I feel like it's most appropriate that even in a moment where it could be easy to change sides and just go with the action and just be happy that Ahsoka made it out, they take a moment to acknowledge they were still good soldiers. Despite what they were programmed for, Mm -hmm. um, despite the choices they made, they're still good soldiers. Exactly. Um, And thank you to Dave Filoni for giving them that respect. Absolutely. And so um, they honor all of them, give them all graves, and yeah. Ahsoka takes a moment um, for that. And drops her lightsaber. Yeah, she drops she drops one of them. Um, I think she lost the other one somewhere in the, the, the scuffle and everything. But that yeah. that's yet again her acknowledgement of... I'm not a Jedi. I'm leaving. Exactly. Yeah, this is, this is her final... Well, for now. This is her moment. It's done. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Yeah. That's it. This war is all I've ever known. Um, and then there's a beautiful transition. So you see the the crashed ship and then it transitions years later that we eventually learn. Uh, or maybe years later. We don't know. I, we'll get to that. Um, yeah, we'll get to that. But, you know, it shows time passing. Um, and it's a really good shot. I just love shots yeah. of here's a thing now and then here it is in the future. That's um, amazing to me. That they did it so well is yeah. this is how you show the passage of time. Snow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Winter. Pretty much. Which could mean that it's only been months. Right. It very well could be. There's there's a couple of possibilities. Um, because the final scene is that Vader shows up, finds the lightsaber, sees a convoy, sees a clone helmet, and That's doesn't say anything. End. He just walks off. Um, whether this be... If this is recent, if this is soon after... Then this is a, I'm checking up on the last known location of my former princess's ship, see if she's alive. Oh, gosh. Then who would have dug the graves? What do you mean? Oh, well, maybe maybe Rex, because Rex's helmet's not on there. True. Now, but what, what's interesting is, was he just checking up because he's supposed to? What would he have done if he did find Ahsoka? Hmm. Now, I stand by my earlier uh, statement. Ahsoka would not have redeemed him, but it would have been interesting because I feel like, and if you don't read the comics, Vader's conniving against the, uh, the Emperor. Oh, yeah. Uh, Vader, s- Vader is not completely oh, yeah. loyal to him. So that's why it's kind of easy when given the option of redemption, he takes it. Because he was always going to get his son and overthrow the Emperor. Exactly. He was going to do that in Episode 3. And so it's feasible to believe he would have reached out to Ahsoka for the same thing, mm-hmm. which would have been the exact same thing Maul did, and she wouldn't have gone for it, exactly. which is interesting. Um, but I don't think she would have survived. So if this is recent, that's a very, well, all right, that plan's gone. I guess I'll just bide my time until I can kill the Emperor. Maybe, though, this is after he knows that she's alive in, or senses that she's possibly alive in yeah. Rebels. Now, he does say in Rebels, the apprentice lives. Maybe this is him confirming that. Yeah. Maybe this is him afterwards being, you know, is, am I mixed up? Am I just getting my signals crossed? Yeah. Do I just sense another force user and want it to be her? And so is he trying to get closure on it's not her? I don't have to kill her. You yeah. know, it's it. there's a couple of ways it could play out. It's really, really interesting, though. 
I think that's something the comics do and something that is done a few times in the films is showing Vader's emotions in a way. Like, yeah. It, well, it gives you a canvas to interpret his emotions. Exactly. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, it's like, there's, um, there's other, you know, things in the scenes where he's feeling something usually like the broken window in front of him when he finds out that Luke's his son. Mm-hmm. I love those moments. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's those little bits of Anakin peeking through. Um, the, the only reason I feel like, and I'll leave it on this cliffhanger for you. Uh, the only reason I feel like it's after a while uh, during, I feel like this is after rebels time Yeah, because the convoy's there and Ahsoka's not. And the convoy's always where Ahsoka is in one way or another. I don't know what that means. I know. <laughs> yet, yet, yet. What's the big moose thing? Uh, oh, that's a ways away. That That's like, season three, dog. Okay. like We're uh, getting there. For context, I've been spoiled on a lot of things for Rebels. We're only in season two. Yeah, we're about halfway through season two right now. I am so confused. Yeah, I love it. so much stuff. Uh-huh. It's Why does cool. Kanan have a beard? So that's a segue for um, later this weekend, our Clone Wars rewatch. Uh, we'll yeah. be coming back, coming out. Um, we missed last week, so we're going to be doubling down on this week, so you can look forward to that. Now, we won't be talking about those episodes that I'm hinting at. If you know Rebels, then you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But um, we're getting there. So to get there, you got to listen to Rebels. So I highly recommend yeah. you check that out as well. Um, and this isn't the last time we're going to talk about the Clone Wars. No, yeah, absolutely. Next week, we're talking clone exclusively, um, talking about where do they come from, where do they go, what are they, Cotton Eye Joe. Uh, you know, just we're going to be talking clones for sure. Um, I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, most people are. So, <laughs> What are you, a Jedi? Uh, yeah, apparently. I don't know. I don't. I doubt I would be a Jedi. I wouldn't pass the test. No. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to be talking... Um, the after effects, the effects, uh, and the characters of Clone Wars, yeah. obviously, for a while. I mean, it, so not the end yeah. of it, but um, what a finale for what an amazing show. I mean, yeah. it's it's just such a great, great show. Yeah. And um, the best part is it may be the end, but guess what? You can relive it all you want in all its glory. And arguably, you should, mm-hmm. because now that we have the full picture, exactly. it's it, can be such a different viewing experience. Now that you've seen the last of Rex and Ahsoka, going back to see the beginnings, like so much stuff. So really cool. Really, really recommend it. Now that you have the power of Disney plus at your fingertips, Mm -hmm. go back and check it out. And now that we have the full story. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like what are your top three episodes of the Clone Wars? I cannot do that. (laughs) I, I just, without having the list in front of me, I cannot, um, I will say that the Umbara arc is one of my favorites. Because you're um, a masochist. I will say that Mortis is one of my favorites mm-hmm. and arguably this one. I agree. Um, and that's literally on no preparation for that question. Yeah. So um, those are my three favorite arcs um, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, so uh, we do have a Patreon. Um, always recommend people checking that out. Um if you love the show and want to support the show, that's awesome. Basically, our Patreon is all about if you want to support us, there's a couple of perks to it. But essentially, it's just if you are the kindest, most amazing person in the yeah. world and want to give us money for what we do, awesome sauce. Um, yeah, we're trying to send cats to college. We're trying to buy Boba some Beskar. For yes, we're trying to get Boba his own armor set. Um, in real world, we are making efforts to significantly improve our recording process and everything. Um, and 
that's more sustainable when we have support. Obviously, um, we're going to yeah. do it one way or another, but it's it's great to know that uh, the choices we're making are appreciated by people and supported. So if you want to do it, do it. If not, cool. Keep listening. It's awesome. Um, we just appreciate you listening, um, but be sure to check that out. Uh, be sure to check out the two awesome community groups that we are part of, GI Friends um, and Game Infinite. Uh, basically, Game Infinite is, if you love Star Wars, geeky stuff, nerdy stuff, just look up Game Infinite on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You'll find out how awesome it is. And if you create stuff, that's a community you want to get plugged into, whether it be podcasting, cosplay, mm-hmm. YouTube videos, gameplay, whatever you do, if you want a community of awesome people to do it with and to support and to support you, Game Infinite's awesome for that. Um, we appreciate our friend Jesse. Uh, for letting us be a part of it and um, have a place in it. And it's awesome to be able to see so many talented people doing so much stuff. Yeah. Um, and you really make great friends along the way. And another group that is equally as amazing is the Red 5 Network that we are now part of. And if you love Star Wars and Star Wars podcasting exclusively, that's fine. That's fair. And that's what Red 5 Network is. It's just a bunch of podcasters who love each other and love Star Wars. And we do love each other. We just share stuff. So if you love us and you want more Star Wars content while we're on a weird schedule, there's plenty yeah. of awesome podcasts Dude, that you can check out on there. Come join the cuddle puddle of Red Five. Jo- join the cuddle puddle. Join the cuddle um, puddle. You know, there's a lot of really cool people there. And, and even the if you don't puddle. listen to the episodes, even if you just share stuff, even if you just um, interact with people on social media, even that, that's enough because, I mean, you get so much out of interacting with these cool people. So yeah. um, Game Infinite, Red 5 Network, there's way, there are ways to inject your social media and your fandom experiences with positivity and fun. So check those out. Thank you for checking us out. And be sure to share us. Um, share the episode. Rate the episode if you listen on Apple. All that good stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I, I, I'm a big believer in if you like it, you'll do it. So, yeah. you know, hope. Hopefully you liked it, and hopefully you do it. Um, If you like this video, then like it. Yeah, if you like it, then like it. Um, But thank you for checking it out. and um, Thank you for being you. Yeah, for being awesome and being part of Star Wars. Um, For all the new people we've gotten for Clone Wars, we've gotten a few new um, interactions because of this. Um, Hopefully you'll stick with us and check out more that we do. Thanks for sticking out this extremely long episode. Uh, But um, hopefully it was all well worth it because Clone Wars is definitely worth it. Clone Wars is amazing, Um, and we'll definitely be back. We'll be talking a lot more Clone Wars uh, in our future. I see it. The Force is clear. Our future is clear. There's Clone Wars and Y-Wings, the greatest ship of the Rebellion, you know. There's a lot of owls for some reason. I don't know what that is. Yes. And a water buffalo. Everybody's got a water buffalo. Uh, 